Welcome to Advanced Automation, a podcast by Calvary Robotics, where you'll find industry leaders and experts sharing their thoughts on the world of automation. Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening. I'm Josh Carvel, your host for this installment of Advanced Automation. Today, we have with us Scott Campbell. Scott has been with Shunk for 10 years and is the Business Development Director for Shunk USA. He has been in the industrial supply and component field for 25 plus years and has a degree in industrial technology. Scott has been involved in the automation groups for several leading component manufacturers and distributors over his tenure and has specialized in end of arm tools since coming to Shunk. Scott, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you, Josh. Glad to be here. Gave a little, you know, boilerplate of your uh, your career, sort of. So you take us take us on a quick journey of your your start to your to your to today. Uh, thank you. So uh, been in the business, like you said, twenty five plus years. I really don't want to reveal. <laughs> oh no, I'm kidding. Um, I've been in the business a long time. Um, multiple entities. Started off as a high school student. Believe it or not, my Family owns a distributorship up in Pennsylvania for uh, machine cutting tools. If you're, you know, if that happens, if your mother's the president of that company, you kind of can't get out working there. So, right, we, we, all my siblings and I all worked in the warehouses and did all that stuff. Moved on from there and uh, went to college at the East Carolina University in the North Carolina. Got this degree in industrial technology doesn't exist anymore, but it, <laughs> and how, <laughs> it helped. Yeah. Um, Moved on from there uh, into the, you know, my professional career, I guess you would call it. Uh, I went to work for a company called Dixie Bearing. Okay. Uh, also no longer in business. Maybe maybe it's me. I can't tell. You're closing the doors for um, me. Maybe. <laughs> it gets better because then I went to work for uh, from Dixie Bearing. I was a pulp and paper drive specialist. Lived in Georgia. A lot of paper mills. Went to work for a fluid power company in Virginia called Advanced Pneumatics. Also no longer in business. So yeah, some something will be said here. But then I, I stayed in fluid power at that point and morphed into robotics and motion control over the next uh, twenty years or so. Probably faster than I expected. It had been with Shunk ten years, and uh, you know, focused um, on not just grippers, which is what we're known for, but as you mentioned, end of arm tools. We're a pretty stout full line supplier for end of arm tools, and and then landed in the business development role. A little less than a year ago, full time, uh, trying to promote uh, end of arm tool and uh, more system type solutions in uh, key industries. That's great, and I want to dive more into that. But before we get into all of the you know the new trends and things with end of arm tooling, can you, for any listeners that aren't familiar, or just to give a refresh to anybody that does know Shunk, can you tell us about Shunk? Yeah, sure. So uh, Shunk is a uh, German based global company. We're in uh, 32 countries right now. So we have a sales offices, so to speak, in 32 countries, multiple manufacturing facilities, uh, you know, many, many millions of square feet uh, in multiple countries. Uh, in the United States, we're headquartered in Raleigh, <clears throat> or Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. It's called RTP. If your listeners aren't familiar, Research Triangle Park, it's a big technical center in the Carolinas. And um, we've been there about well, 30, 31 or 32 years right now. Um, we've been in the U.S. a long time. Have a uh, manufacturing facility there, uh, a pretty large one. I'll say it's 100,000 square feet or so, almost 100,000 square feet. It's also a dual office that covers sales, administration, engineering, and manufacturing for the United for the United States only, not North America. Great. So, so Shunk is uh, we're a global supplier of 
I keep saying in the arm tools. So that would be include things, uh, anything in a robot that grabs anything. So uh, outside of vacuum, so gripping systems, rotary systems, linear systems, and uh, compensators, what we call robot accessories, uh, that is all considered uh, part of our collection of end of arm tools. There is another division and the, the lines are always blurring, but Chuck is also very large in the machine machine center world for Chuck's uh, and um, the top jaws, they call it, tool holders, the clamps and vices. And we're you know one of the largest providers of that as well in that space. Uh, and if you're talking uh, business development, that's all starting. It's all starting to merge for us uh, around the, around the globe as we provide solutions. We we have the a really strong um, a strong showing uh, when we combine all that stuff. Really good offering you guys have. I know the you're a huge name in the industry. Uh, anybody who's been to any of the major trade shows, you guys are one of the biggest shows at the show. Um, so I want to talk about real quick clients and your your you know your the people who buy from you, right? Is it typically yeah. end users? The is it system integrators? How does that work uh, typically for for your clients and working with Shunk? We're really all over the place. So, um, and we're all over the place because we we cater or we we try to be involved in uh, machines, right? right? People that build equipment like Calvary, and once that. Once your equipment leaves your facility, as an example, and then goes to uh, the person that buys it from you, then it lands in the field. We would say the field. I'm air quoting the field. Mm -hmm. In the field, you know, that facility that has your equipment, that has our equipment on it, our components in on that need, you know, will eventually need to buy spares, even though, you know, it's not something we strive for. But it, it's right. it just it's the MRO, the maintenance, repair, and operational portion of just wear items and and anything that we sell is a mechanical electrical electromechanical uh, they wear eventually I mean even even you know 30 million cycles you, you can reach that pretty fast in some of these applications so uh, that is the path to to us uh, putting stuff you know in plants and it's usually almost always through uh, machine builders like yourselves yeah, so that's most of your customers correct. Right. Gotcha. It's most of our, yeah, I'm, uh, without getting myself in trouble. Sure. I'm going to say it's most of the, it's most, it's most of our focus. Okay. Is, is, you know, as a company, most of our focus is, is on people that build equipment. And then we, then the most of our support. And we have a large support network too, because we have um, distributors who, uh, you know, cover the largest portion of the country because it's we're a big country, right? We, you know, we, we're not we're not certain other Japanese or German branded pneumatic companies that have you know a thousand two thousand salespeople. We're not that big, but you we do when you consider all of our distribution channel partners and all the people that they have. That's we we partner with people like that so that we can support uh, our mutual customers who have our product that's working in the field. Gotcha. What. A for the your customers then when they work with you say they have a new application and or they just are trying to stay up to date with the new trends and things how does working with you work like say they come you are there for some of the early planning and the con concept phase of things is that right or do you guys kind of come later in that process usually no we're well 
uh, it's a really good question. And this is something we talk about internally all the time. So I'm in business development. So even for, for my role, and this is not my first, you know, my first job was shown. So in my current role, yeah, being early, being early is, is where it's at. Yeah, you know, I we, so. I, 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 yeah, I, I'm in development. So I, and I, we talked earlier, you know, before, before Mike, that if, if I'm not, if my teams are not talking to people like Calvary, sometimes even before you make your decision about what you're going to use, then we're too late. Sure. Um, then there's another cycle outside of the business development that is, you know, sort of the, the more normalized sales cycle where uh, Calvary, as an example, would call uh, the shunk representative uh, either directly or call our channel partner and say, hey, I'm building a machine. I need to, I need to grip a part. I need, I need to rotate a part. I need to move a part left to right. What do you got? Right. And then we we engage at a technical level. Yeah. That's really our, our role. Ask the questions, how, you know, how much does it weigh? How fast is it moving? How far does it have to go? And we uh, pride ourselves on being experts in part handling, really, uh, especially mechanical part handling. Uh, and I say that to differentiate us from the vacuum people of the world. Right. And, you know, there's, there's some other kind of handling systems that are not mechanical. Yeah. And, but we're, we're squarely in that mechanical world uh, from a product catalog standpoint. Right. From this development standpoint, sometimes it's like, what do you need? Yeah. You know, we're, you're there and you're going to help yeah. develop it kind of. Well, we're going to try. Uh, and I'll say one of the strengths for, for my team is we kind of know the lane we're in and sometimes too. So we don't stray too far from things that we're comfortable with. You know, not to say that we won't help people find ideas and develop things that we're not have no interest in or, you know, or no uh, dog in that fight, but we're much more interested in helping people solve problems at my level, at the business development level, than we are ultimately about finding. I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna get that product for a hundred years or ten years. If if it's if there's something better in in the field or in the market that serves a purpose better for a company like Calvary, more times than not, way more times than not, we're gonna we're gonna let you know about that because, uh, you know, I, how does it look when you find out on your own and you say, well, didn't you know that existed? Right. Honesty is the best policy. Yeah, I would agree. How many products roughly does Shunk offer? I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> it's, that, it's that many, right? Uh, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll frame it. <laughs> I'll frame it this way. Our gripper catalog, the solid, the, the excuse me, the printable version before we stopped printing it, which is only two years ago, was 11 pounds. <laughs> and <laughs> That's just grippers, you said? It's just grippers. It's about 5,000 pages. And even then, it only represented about 80% of our gripper line. So, you know, grippers are the biggest part of what we do, uh, I think, still by volume. But it's not by any means all that we do. And that's only one division. <clears throat> well, that's a good answer, though, because it just shows the depth and the range, right, um, that Shunk has. There there are people that co that used to collect the hardbound versions of our catalogs. Yeah, well, you know what? I I've seen them, and I think there's we still have them here. I will share that on our social media. Oh, so we can, people listening, if you if you aren't don't remember these books, we'll have a picture of it, and you can see the the tomb. That's got to be a 
It's got to be a foot long. Honestly, it's got to be a foot long. <laughs> I, I would I, – listen, from a guy that used to carry him around, yeah. I'm kind of happy we don't have him anymore. You, you didn't need your gym membership, though, to be fair, right? Oh, my you gosh. You carried those around. I, I'm not kidding. At one point within within my career with Shunk, there was – we had an allowance for a uh, a cart. Really? Yeah, because you would – Hey, I'm going to a lunch loon. I'm going to bring a, I'm going to bring a box of catalogs. Well, the box of catalogs is 40 pounds. And there's, you know, I got 20 people in this room. You just lo- I'm un- un- like a moving truck. It's unload and unload and unload. I mean, it was, wow. It was backbreaking, but it's kind of fun. Then in, in hindsight, I guess, or what, what do you want to call it? Nostalgia. Yeah. No, it's, it's fun to think about, but when you're in it, it's a little, you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I've never been privy to the amount of money that it costs to print those catalogs, but I can only imagine. I have no idea. I and mean, I, I guarantee it was not. You're in marketing. I mean, yeah, that's, I, how, much is it, how much does it cost to print something these days? It's not cheap. Yeah, it's not getting cheaper either, is it? <laughs> that's why the digital versions are a little more uh, cost effective, I think. Uh, you know, and, but, and, and there's so much. Uh, no, sorry. They are super effective too, yeah. right? They're so updatable. That catalog was out of date the minute we printed it. Right. Sure. Of course. Right. That's a good point. In the business development you know, role, you have to look to the trends. You look to the marketplace. What's what? What's the needs are kind of that we've already talked. What are you seeing right now? Like, no. what, where are the end of our arm tooling trends? What are they? There's a couple of trends and there's a couple of in- industries that are trending. Yeah. And they're not the same. Okay. Well, take us take us down the road of both. We can. Well, I was going to ask you about yeah, industries yeah. anyway. So if they kind of start intertwining, oh, yeah. the, the, take it take it away. There we go. So uh, let me start with the industries first. So the the industries and everybody listening is in industry mostly, right? Probably or, or associated with what we do, uh, what Calvary does, and what Chuck does, and, and some some skewed angle. We're all. We're all listening in to this and talking about this because we're in the business. So the industries that are that are flooding our news cycles are the things that are growing tremendously. So what we call e-mobility okay. is the biggest hot button we have. And for for me, it's it's not just cars, and it's not just batteries. Okay. Although they they dominate those two subjects dominate dominate the industry that dominate the the information about the industry that dominate the news cycle about the industry there is a um, a ton of global uh interest in in sort of mimicking the industry in a sense of and this and this word does lead into product where that industry that industry is mostly electric it's not completely electric right so there's there's hybrid engines there's still internal combustion engines combined with batteries there's still Things like hydrogen engines that are being developed also combined with batteries, and they're not technically uh, battery driven, but they're also not uh, fossil fuel driven either. Right. So, but it's all sort of centered around the electricness of the components and the way that these systems run. Yeah. So, the industry is trying to mimic that in in the way that they build them too, and to build these components and these cars and these devices. So, in that sense, the uh, the electric in in a very specific port, uh, product portion, the electric gripping, the electric rotary, the electric linear actuator to a lesser extent is the hot button for product. It's where everybody wants to see the most development and the most growth and the most product offering. It's been a very, I've been, like I said, I've been in this business a couple of years. 
I've been talking about this in my capacities with companies since I've been in the business. I believe it. Yeah. Every, you know, uh, how many years ago did the industry get introduced to the hydraulic robot, right? In the 80s. When did that, when did that robot go electric in the 90s? So ever since then, it's become you know, the auto, the automakers in particular have been like, we don't want air, no more air in our facility. And I, I spent a good portion of my life as a pneumatic control salesperson, you know, a specialist. So to everybody, oh, I want electric cylinders. I want electric, I want electric valves. That was a big deal. Oh, well, you don't, okay. So you don't, you don't need, you know, you don't need, if you're running on air, you don't have an electric valve. I mean, all valves are electric, but um, they wanted to replace all that stuff. The, the air component, the valve component with electric versions, we couldn't do it. The industry couldn't do it. We didn't have enough power, power density, we call it, okay. uh, in the same, in the same size. We didn't have the components uh, capable of doing it to generate enough of, uh, uh, of the forces required. Uh, and then we we couldn't make them in the same size. So the thing about pneumatics is it's very small and, we, and it has what we call a high power density. You uh, you can generate a lot of force in a small area with you know a 90 PSI. Mm-hmm. We couldn't mimic that in any sort of uh, economical way just up until a few years ago, you know, if I don't have to order an airdrop for the next trade show, you know, that's, I, I'm okay with that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, imagine being a valve guy, like I was for 15 years, who, you know, the writings on the wall, we would think, oh, the writings on the wall, they're, they're going, doing away with it. And it was just, it was a, it was a farce for 20 years. It was like, ah, we're not doing away with it. We just, nobody would pay for it. Right. You know, the just as a gripper is an example, a, a gripper would be that's what I know right now. So, a gripper, an electric gripper used to be ten thousand dollars, wow. and it and it would it would weigh four pounds because it was a chunk of metal. It's a it's a it's a motor, right? It's it's a windings and copper, and you create a magnet, you got all this stuff. Um, the pneumatic version of that was a thousand bucks and it weighed half a you know, half a kilogram, you know, two pounds. Or 1.5 or whatever. So it was a, it's a huge what? order of magnitude. Difference. Wouldn't your cost savings just go into being a bigger robot anyway, then? Because you have more on like. <laughs> Not too long ago, the electrics, the electromechanical stuff outpaced the payload of the robots. Right. You, you know, yeah, especially cobots. Imagine <laughs> what cobots would do with a four pound, you know, gripper that the payload used to be. Three pounds, right? The, the, you know, certain brands that came out with a three kilogram, I mean, and a, and a, and a five kilogram, and that was it. Yeah. You have three and a five and a 10. And then 10 was the, oh my God, 10 kilograms. Well, my gripper weighs one third of that payload. Yeah. What are you picking up? Well, that's also one third. Well, then. Yeah. You have your first robots calling in sick, right? <laughs> They're not coming to work. They would love this. <laughs> Somebody would love that in the world, I'm sure. Yeah. So you see a lot of electric coming. That's like kind of the big trend you're saying. Like it, it's more than a more trend than a now. Trend. It, it I will I will say for the industry in general, and especially my own company, mm-hmm. it, it is. I think we've cracked the code. That's awesome. I, I think, I, I yes, and it's super exciting for a guy like me that's sort of got to live on the edge here. Uh, the product is finally in that. It's approaching this sweet zone, the you know the sweet spot of all right. I'm willing to replace the pneumatic, and it's and it's for, and it's the forethinkers, it's the people that are yeah that are trying to get there. 
it, and it's the vanguard, right? As we say, it's yeah. always going to be, it's going to be the electric people, the electric, the electric manufacturers of electric components because they want to go electric. A, they want to use their own stuff and B, they, they want to sort of eat their own dog food. If you've ever heard that phrase. <laughs> I don't know that I've had, but it's uh, like that one. Procter & Gamble yeah. uh, bought a company called Yukonuba, IM's Yukonuba years and years and years ago. And I was at a dog, giant dog food plant in Virginia and they had this entire wall of this old, you know, ancient factory. This is a huge wall, just blank. And it would say, we eat our own dog food. And finally, it was like, what, what does that mean? And the managers were like, well, every line manager has to eat the food that comes off the line at the end of the day. I said, what do you mean? Said, eat dog food? Yep, eat dog food. Wet and dry. Why? Because, and, and the idea was, if, they, if a human can eat their food and not die, your pet's not going to die. And A, people wouldn't want to eat it if it wasn't safe, right? That was their internal mechanism, P&G's internal mechanism to say, look, we make good stuff here. I mean, yeah, I understand it's not you know gourmet food for humans, but it's safe for your safe for your pets. Why? Because Bobby over there just eats it every day and look, he's, he's doing fine. <laughs> and, and then it became a euphemism for following your own, your own heart as a company. Like, yeah. do what you say you do. So I've always, I, I adopted it immediately. It was like, Shunk is an example. I say it all the time and people think I'm nuts, but you know, Shunk is a company we, like every company, probably in the world, we value our integrity. We value our, uh, our, our courage. You know, we, we have leadership qualities that we like to emulate uh, within our own corporation, but uh, we're a good, honest company. And I'm, I'm not saying nobody else is, but I feel that, you know, the company I work for is um, exemplifies that, and they they like people to feel that way. So I say it sort of uh, to mean that we we are also a company that adopts technologies to manufacture our own products, and we manu- and we make our own products with our products. So I, I will say this: if you go to a, a any shunk factory in the world, yeah, uh, on every machining center, and we cut we cut a lot of metal. And let's just face it, right? We we're a fairly large manufacturer. We cut a lot of metal. So typically machining centers is kind of where you see this stuff. What you'll see a laminated, you go to Raleigh, North Carolina, see a laminated sheet on every machining center and we'll have a bunch of shunk products on it. I ask this question every tour I do and I end up doing more tours than I like, but I say, what does everyone in this group think that laminated sheet represents? And it's got grippers on it and rotaries and tool changers and somebody, everybody, somebody always says that's that machine makes components for those for those parts, and they would be wrong. What that means is what what those laminated sheets mean is that every one of those systems, that every machine that you're looking at has those shunk components working in it. So our tool changers make our our grippers, our grippers make our rotaries, our rotaries make our tool changers, and we're very proud of that. And I have I have been to a, a larger factory of ours in Europe, and I've seen. Teams of guys with carts and dumpsters just ripping comp- ripping competitor stuff off of our own machines that we bought, putting shunk components in. I mean, full boat, like complete retools. Wow. But we get our own dog food. <laughs> and it's delicious. So, <laughs> mm, it's so good. I especially love the gravy. <laughs> I, I'm not getting hungry, though, I got to say. I don't know why. <laughs> Josh, I, 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 wouldn't eat, I wouldn't eat the dog food. No. No, I, I, did they offer it to you? Oh gosh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it was. 
Uh, look, I'm not. I'm not talking. They didn't eat a cereal bowl of it, by the way. No. They were like, mm, but you know, they were. They would take a handful and eat a couple kibbles. Yeah, and I, they lived by it, and I just found it hysterical. And I did find it very useful, and I really do use the phrase. So, no, that's good. But as an adoption, and I know we. I told you I'd go off trail a little bit, but the um, the conversation of industries and trends, electrification of our classic pneumatic electric, you know, mechanical system is the trend. It is right now. It is the trend outside of the product trend. Then there's industry trends. Life science is another industry trend. Okay. Yeah. It's a COVID just, you know, it knocked the socks off of the, the labor market, right? Everybody knows that we couldn't get anything. And my personal opinion, the largest manufacturers in in on this planet mm-hmm. will not suffer another labor shortage they just won't do it so they're making the changes they need to to not do that yeah fully this completely to as automated as they possibly can and you know and i know a lot of people i mean have you ever been on that side of the that a wrong side of that conversation with somebody about oh you guys take jobs and i mean we all have yeah right um we're automators right both, both our companies yeah that's what we do. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, that is continuing trend. Uh, the automation it's accelerated since COVID, and life science and e-mobility are probably the two most, they're probably the two most industries with the most to gain. And uh, I'm sure there's others. I think logistics is next. Yeah. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna talk over the hill. Yeah, that's what we want. That's what we want to hear. You know what what you think is next? Yeah. What the, the burgeoning kind of uh industries and technologies and trends so that's that makes sense that's kind of we're seeing the same sort of thing on our end right and you guys you might even see it either ahead of us or in in line with us that those are the places that it's interesting too i and i would say traditionally in a traditional role here with chunk you would see it first people companies like calvary are because you're you're coming to us and saying i'm trying to build this right um in my business development role it's a little flipped sure I'm, I'm hopefully ahead of that, ahead of you guys, as, as so to say, and I can hopefully approach you to say, look what we're making for this, for this, for this industry, and you know, down the road, and AI. I, admit, I was going to mention that uh, sure. artificial, you know, the the classic AI is also another huge uh, game changer for us, and it's not necessarily for shunken sense i mean we actually have an ai product believe it or not but oh, yeah? it's um yeah we do we have an ai uh grasping system that is uh can examine um you a presented part or a collection of presented parts and it will um build a 3d model just by taking 2d images and pulls, pulls it out and then creates a sort of a template this this it's a it's, but we make it. It's really fascinating. Uh, yeah, sounds fascinating. That, it, it's cool. I, I, I'm a little, I'm a little surprised uh, because it's it's not a gripper. And I'm not saying we don't. And I keep saying we we do more than grippers. But you know, we years ago. Uh, all right, I get myself in trouble again. Years ago, Shunk used to make cameras. We made uh, vision systems and sensors, and we made um, all kinds of like haptic feedback devices. And it was just part of our catalog. And then 15 years ago or so, and I was selling Chunk at the time through a distributor, 
they got away from it. They being chunk, the old chunk got away from that. And we went, got really focused on mechanical systems. And as we approach, you know, this coming year and the last couple of years, really kind of COVID and it might've been coincidental. We started to branch back into that almost experimental um, stage. We've got certain products that are really unique to even what we've done totally sort of off reservation, people would say they're not really because they're all grasping systems or they're associated with product handling, but they're not grippers. It, it, it is a AI gr grasping system that's got an integrated camera and an integrated um, conveyor system, you know, potentially. And it's got all, and we got all these sort of uh, automation starter kits and things that to help people automate. And the, we understand, I think, Rightly so, that the expertise, the experts in the world, at your, at our mutual customers at the plant level, are not there anymore. Right, so we have to excite the people at the plant level so that they can they can approach a company like Calvary to say, "I want to automate this." Right? Why? Because it can be done. I see a small a small version of it here, and you know we hopefully help people see that, and then and then they go to you, and we recommend them to you know our our or uh, integrated partners, and that's how it works. Yeah. Um, Makes the smart. And I was going to say, too, it is, a, yeah, absolutely. And, and we, and I really feel, and I get passionate about it, I really feel that's part of our job as, as the kind of company we are, uh, is to to spark that, A, the interest, and B, the, the technology, to understand enough about what we do and what our customers do to say, hey, have you, have you seen this? Have you, have you, ever seen this version of, you know, this traditional product that may be kind of new. Um, I got to, I got to say too, that if I'm rambling on that, the AI portion of manufacturing is, is the scope of it is so much more than just components. So uh, if you've ever, if you've ever, have you ever been to like the, the, the Molex show, the, excuse me, Modex show, the, um, no, I have no uh, logistics. Great show in Atlanta is huge. Yeah, no, I'm aware of it. I just haven't. Okay. Yeah, I went there last year, two years ago, I think for, uh, I think it was just when COVID was hitting because it was like the last thing I did before we got locked down. Um, <laughs> you went to a trade show. I did. Yeah, I was doing crazy. Uh, that, that show was becoming, it was becoming an AI uh, centered type of uh a center type of trade show. And then what I mean is you have these uh, DCs, right? Distribution centers and all those acronyms associated with these Amazon, Walmart, you know, Home Depot, these, you know, millions of square feet of product sitting in bins and, you know, uh, you know, four story kind of uh, rack systems with automated robots and excuse me, automated carts, robots, handling robots, pulling and, and scanning and dumping and filling and blah, 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 blah all over the place and all that was controlled by AI like in that that environment that flexible dynamic changeable environment uh was just sort of taken root in the in the in the logistics industry like I uh, like I've never seen and it was fascinating and they were creating these entire environments that uh you had to have product that lived in that environment. So in other words, if Sean had an electric gripper 
they had like my electric gripper or our electric company's electric gripper had to have a component in it that could talk to their AI. And it wasn't normal. It wasn't like I'm going to print something out, of course, but it even was even more than the bits and the and the bytes that you would get from a digital anything. It was, no, this thing's got a computer that lives in it that speaks our language. And then it it's almost self-aware. So the yeah. gripper, as an example, would understand its existence in the in the greater warehouse. And then it would understand its role in a sense of I've gripped this many times. I've picked up these many products and but all it's all it's all like handshakes. Yeah. It's just it's really kind of I'm not gonna say it's creepy, but it's it is way out there in the sense of Yeah, no, and I wonder if too if it then it learns, right? It's learning oh, yeah. as it goes. It's so it's like getting only yeah, smarter kinda, and stronger, right? It's a little creepy. <laughs> I mean it it's not really learning, right? So I and sometimes we get Sometimes I I get I get kicked down machine the learning I suppose right rather than are you mm-hmm. thinking traditional learning is that what you mean or no I'm thinking machine learning it's it's a, it's it's not you know it's different than our kids learning stuff. right yeah um, but it's still yeah it's still uh, you know uh, algorithms by repetition right they they're yes right. they are evolving it's it's really fascinating so trends there you go that's another and and they all go together. I, you know, I'm being, I'm not, I'm not being flippant. They're, they're all sort of tracking together. And I'm sure if I ever get to get enough willpower to sort of try to figure out if I can map this stuff, I'm sure there's a trend between the rise of one versus the rise of the other. And COVID, I think COVID was the, if we're talking trends, that tipping, that's going to make the difference in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. It really was a tipping point. That's a good, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. That's interesting. Anything else that you might want to add as we kind of, I think we hit some really good, good things about, you know, trends that you guys are seeing in the industries that you're, you're dabbling in any other aspects of uh shunk or anything else that you want to kind of close this? Out uh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a ton, but the, the business development side of, of what we do. And again, I'm, I'm a little skewed, right? No. That's my, I think this area is really my, fun. So, I mean, you have my attention. Okay. Good. <laughs> me, yeah, me too. I appreciate that. Um, it, it, I will say that uh, for people listening about what does what does business development mean to shunk? Sure. No, that's it, good. Me in particular. Yeah. It, it's it's not it's not product based. Um, okay. And for a couple of reasons. For a product um, company, it's not product based. Is kind of what you're saying, right? For, okay. For, interesting. And it's, it's not completely product. It's not completely product based. For and for a couple of reasons. One of them is if I'm doing my job. The products haven't been made yet. Right. It's right. not a product yet. Right. Mostly. Not all the time, but, you know, they're either going to be completely modified or they're going to be brand new. And so, yeah, you have to have bases and you got you to gotta, you gotta have a strength, which we, which we always work from. But we're also reaching, you know, that product development, business development is, is about reaching, I feel, towards uh, products and processes that we are not in we're comfortable with and uh, i i i've had uh i'm not dyed in the wool shunk in a sense I, i've not this has not been my only job right so i've i've been involved in other industries i've been involved in the life science industry for a long time um I'm embedded basically with a with a medical device company for a couple of years as an engineer and a and a representative for companies to that 
medical medical uh, life science company and there's a lot of opportunity for for growth in processes that that you can help you can help a customer see you know build a, a reality for something that is not necessarily something you have made today but if you understand if you understand what they do and, and you understand your 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 own your own skills and your own processes and your own products that you can you can be partners and that goes for calvary it goes for tesla it goes for general electric goes for you know pfizer anybody just you know cut and paste the name of somebody who uh a customer i mean that's trying to solve a, a problem and we all have them we all all every a chunk every manufacturer's got problems that we can't overcome today and if and if i'm doing my job and chunk is really doing business development out there in the field for these for these growing industries with these growing trends then we're we're anticipating we're we're almost bringing ideas i, I hate to say it but it's a little cliche but there, there it is yeah i mean there's certain like the ai or and just Going into outer space, so we, there was a point when we hadn't done that, then we've done it, and then you start thinking, needing things to keep doing it or to do it to begin with, right? So you have to create things to be able to do it. So it's just sort of feeds itself, right? That And that's where you kind of come in, like, oh, we have this idea. We want to do this. We need to do it. This is yeah. noble. Yep. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So again, I'm a cliche machine, but, you know, uh, uh, blue sky uh a green field i mean blue sky blue ocean i've heard all these terms for over the hill you know all, all over the horizon all these terms for things that are not made yet you can you can create you, you can create an environment that makes it easier to make those things that and that's what i intend to do and i think that's what that's why shunk is doing putting you know why we have the business development person is to uh, advise on well, where's it going? Where 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 is this? Not only not only is it make this stuff, but tell us where we need to be in two years, yeah, three years. I mean, if I can do that, I'm a you know, what am I doing here? But uh, right. <laughs> uh, but I, I, it's really easier. It's it, I'm so focused on what we do that it, it's 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 a little bit easier to do it for grippers than it is for the economy in general. But you know you. I really truly enjoy the uh, kind of the the guruness of it that you know put on the remember oh my gosh you, you remember uh, are you say Johnny Carson so that what it was yeah. Karnak yeah and he would you know, with the envelopes yeah yeah <laughs> there's a little bit of that sure no I mean, you're never going to run out of road with it either this is the thing I want to no. like it's it's oh there's always going to be innovation there's always going to be the next thing right and then if you're at the cusp of that or you're helping you know, fuel that it's, it's going to feed itself. Once again, you know, you're going to eat your own dog food. Either that or it's the most dangerous job in the company. Well, you're on the edge. Yeah. You might fall, <laughs> might fall on the edge of getting myself scared. Right. <laughs> no, I don't. What, but what, yeah, what, but it is, a, it's dangerous in the sense that there are sometimes things don't pan out, you know, things don't go the way that everyone thinks they're going to go. That's of course, boy. but that's, you, you gotta, you gotta be at the forefront and hope for the best. Right. Well, when you talk trends, yeah. I mean, and that's what we're talking about, right? This is, yeah. And, and we, Shunk has bet on trends. We bet on the electric gripper, uh, and I mentioned that we we've sort of reached that that tipping point. Yeah. Um, that was 
a long time coming. You know, a lot of money, a lot of effort by a lot of people. Right. And we kind of had, if I can speak a little bit, maybe in, inside the book a little bit, we we did have an inside track on that. We're a gripper company, right? And we're one of the largest companies of this ilk on the planet. Yeah. So we had a we had more knowledge than most about how could we really do this? And it was really about commitment. Sure. And, absolutely. And uh, we, we could have we could have fallen flat on our butts. Um, and you know we're not perfect. Don't you know? Don't tell Mister Shunk that. But uh, you know we we do make products that don't that don't make it. Everybody, every manufacturer's got one of those things, of course, right? Yeah. Um, I'm kind of proud. I'm very proud that that Chunk takes the risk to 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 make trends. We, I think, I think we consider ourselves a trendsetter as a, as a manufacturer as well. We we take risks. That's awesome. I think that's a great place to to stop the you know stop right there. You you are your trendsetters, and I really appreciate your, the time you took to talk to us today. One, I will. I, I forgot to add though. How can people get in touch with you in particular and uh, with Shunk? It's a great, great question. <laughs> I don't even know the answer to that anymore. Uh, I don't know the answer to that other than giving out my phone number. What you want me to do? I don't. Yeah. Not sure. I mean, LinkedIn is that a good way for people? Maybe is that LinkedIn's a good way to do? It. Yes, sure. that, that's a. I, I'm I'm forgetting my place in the world here. Yes, um, LinkedIn uh, or the old Still classic the shunk shunk dot com. Chunk.us.com is, is another good place to get uh, a number. If you don't know who you need to talk to, call that 800 number, ask ask for help, um, or reach out to me on LinkedIn. And of course, I'm under Chunk, um, Chunk's uh, banner. Great. We can put a link in the description of the podcast, too. People can click on Perfect. that, connect with you, connect with Chunk. Thanks again for your time. See see your ball head. (laughs) Well, thanks again. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate it. Thank you to all the listeners as well. Thanks for your time. And make sure to subscribe to Advanced Automation wherever you get your podcasts. And head over to calvaryrobotics.com to listen to other episodes, watch our series, Calvary TV, and other great content about Calvary Robotics. Have a great day. Mm